Now in its third year, it's a yank on the footy with Craig Wessels talking about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Sit back and enjoy, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 211 of A Yank in the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels coming to you from Sandusky, Ohio. Thanks for giving this episode a listen. I'm going to be jumping into a couple of news items that have popped up, as well as uh, sharing my thoughts on this new uh, little endeavor that I am taking here during the footy offseason uh, as a result of a new blog post that I put up uh, day before yesterday over on my website, yankofthefooty.com. And I do hope you'll check that out, but we're going to discuss that a little bit in this episode. Uh, this can be a little bit of a shorter episode than normal, but uh, nonetheless, I wanted to dive in here and reach out and just uh, touch base with everybody. So don't forget that if you are interested in getting your local footy club uh, listed as a club of the episode, getting a shout out, uh, drop me a note via email or send me a message over on Facebook, on Twitter, Instagram. You can leave me a note over on my website, yankonthefooty.com as well. And today's club of the episode is the Eaton Boomers. And I like the name. I understand the Australian connection with Boomers, but the aviation squadron that I was in when I was in the Navy back in the 1980s were also the Boomers as well. And our colors of our squadron were, in fact, uh, the yellow and green. Um, we, we flew a uh, what was known as the A6E Intruder. It was an attack aircraft. It's no longer in use anymore they've they stopped flying those back in the mid to mid to late 90s i believe is when they were retired um if you've ever seen the film the flight of the intruder uh it's uh it's that that's the plane okay so um the boomers are uh, a club that plays in the southwest football league uh south of perth uh in west australia along the coastline and uh, the club plays all of their, their games, or their home games, I should say, at the uh, the Eaton Sports Club on Council Drive. And as I was doing a little bit of digging into the club, I did see that their leading goal scorer on the senior side this year with 29 was Joel Houghton. And uh, a couple of news items in terms of uh, coaching changes for the, the club this year coming up for 2023. Uh, Brendan Page, who was a two-time premiership player with the Boomers, uh, has signed on to be the club's Colts coach. And just this past week, uh, Chris Kenenmont signed on to be the uh, Boomers' league coaching position. So I assume that would be the senior side because uh, it was a kind of a standalone post over on their social media. So, Boomers, I wish you all the best next year. I know that the senior side finished in sixth place on their ladder this year. And uh, I wish you the absolute best going into 2023. Hope you have a fantastic year. So a couple things that I uh, ran into was I was scrolling through the news, uh, the footy news, of course. You know, the rest of the news, we've got an election coming up here in the United States in a couple of weeks. And, uh, well, it is interesting. You know, and again, I, I try to keep my, my politics out of the podcast because it's not a political podcast. I, I certainly have my views, as do all of you have your views about things, and that's great. I, I'm not here to try to, you know, preach my views to anybody, which are germane to the whole idea of footy, so I'm not even going to get there, but back to it just being footy news, okay, so, but as a government teacher, these are the kinds of things that I have to talk about with my students at school, and we, we look at both sides of issues, and they're now actually doing a project where they are um, creating a video campaign 
trying, to, you know, researching the political parties uh, and uh, doing a, a campaign where they're having to encourage people to join party A, party B, party C, and they get to select which party they want to uh, to utilize there. And this helps them learn a little bit about where these different groups stand and maybe help will help them to further identify what their thoughts are on things. Because it's not my place to tell them what to think. I, I want to point them in the direction, hear the issues, figure things out for yourselves, have a discussion with your parents, that sort of thing. Talk to your friends about it. You don't need to think like me. If you do, that's okay. But you're not going to know how I think because it's none of your business. And it's none of my business how you think as far as my kids go. So back to the footy news, because there are a couple of things going on here. And I really wanted to get into something that was a little bit more uh, important in terms of what I'm going to be working on over the next couple of months as we're gearing up uh, for another preseason. I know that the women's comp is uh, is winding down here with round 10 and then the finals coming up. And, I, and I, I'm just going to say it again, you know, Donnie Hess, you're doing a fantastic job of, uh, of supporting the the women's game and talking about the women's game each week. I just, you know, with the change of the schedule in terms of when the games are being played, it is right smack dab in the middle of when I do all of my announcing for football and for soccer. So I've not been able to watch the number of games that I wanted to. I've watched every AFLW game last year, every single one of them. I've seen maybe 35% of them this year. Not, And most of those were early in the season. So I'm catching the Cats games later on and a couple other ones here and there. But it's just it's just very hectic right now with the school year having started back up as well. So that having been said again, hat tip to you, Donnie. You're doing a fantastic job with that. And uh, you know, also the other uh, footy podcasts that are related to the AFLW that are in Australia, you're doing a fantastic job with those as well. And hopefully you will check those out because the game is improving. Even though I've seen a limited amount of uh, games this year, the game overall, you know, year on year is improving. And I'm really excited about seeing where it goes coming up in the future. Now, the first thing I wanted to get into was the the idea or the concept of the magic round. And it sounds like that may be a bit of a possibility. And you'll have to let me know if this is something that has occurred in the past, because it sounds like it's uh it sounds like it's something that that is making a return rather than this being a novel concept or something that's brand spanking new. This sounds like this is this is coming back again. Uh, but it, as I said, it sounds like it's going to be a possibility. Uh, Channel 7's Tom Brown um, has stated that SA and uh, New South Wales are supposedly the favorites to uh, to get the magic round, and this would bring a 23rd game uh, into the uh, fixture for 2023. Now, the article I read on Zero Hanger, which I will link to, uh, which discussed uh, Brown's reporting, I think there was a typo on here because it talked about how they would be playing then 24 games instead of the usual 23. And I think they were just off by one there. I think it's 23 rather than the usual 22. Um, and the players would get extra compensation for this. Uh, it does sound like uh, South Australia has offered up uh, a fee of about $10 million to host this uh, and hoping to have the magic round taking place during uh, the school holiday in April. Now, this is not something that is uh, that's new to me overall because the NFL added a 17th game last year. They, the NFL used to have a 12-game schedule, then they went to a 14-game schedule, and then a 16-game schedule uh, as more teams came in, and now they have a 17-game a schedule, so each team will play 
eight home games, eight away games, and then they will rotate each year where they'll have one extra home game or one extra road game. Now, I like the idea of a magic round as far as the NFL is concerned, but I, I think it should be done a little bit differently. I don't, I don't, I, and again, this is going to sound a little hypocritic, hypocritical of me talking about, uh, you know, playing the games, uh, you know, elsewhere. You know, I know that Mel would love to see the Packers come play a, a game in uh, Melbourne. Um, and Mel's nodding her head right now. She's listening. But, you know, we the NFL plays several games in Europe uh, throughout the course of the year. Uh, in Germany a couple times. I know they play a lot of games in England as well. But I, my thought, yeah, and again, I don't think there's anything wrong with that necessarily, but I don't, I don't know if you would, uh, if you were deciding to have something like a magic round, maybe that 17th game in the NFL, I thought that rather than it being a home game for one of the two teams, that maybe it become a neutral site game, sounding like what the magic round would be here, that maybe you would have the, you know, cause, because here in the United States, college football is absolutely huge. You know, the University of Michigan, the Ohio State University, the University of Texas, Texas A&M, Clemson University, the University of Georgia, University of Alabama. These, these are all places that have stadiums that seat 65, 70, 80, 105, 110,000 fans in the stands. You know, MCG-sized crowds, even bigger than the MCG. For a college football game, these are people who are not technically playing professionally, although in a way they're sort of getting paid for it. But I think it would be great if the NFL would go to maybe some of these college towns, you know, in the interior part of the United States where there maybe are not NFL teams. Or maybe they do go maybe they rotate playing, you know, even more so in Europe. Maybe they go play a game in in England and in Spain and in Germany and France and you know in Australia. And maybe they go to New Zealand as well and play and play a game there. And they just they send the league out to all these different locations. Maybe during one particular week the entire league leaves the United States. And goes and plays elsewhere. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe it's not a bad idea. I don't know. But again, they're not going to ask me. But I kind of like the idea of the magic round. But you know, I I wonder though, is this in the best best interest of the game? Because you know, we're at a point in time right now where the concern and certainly warranted. The concern is concussions, head trauma, long term injury. You know. Uh, Who's going to end up, you know, having to battle CTE, you know, throughout their their later life and and struggle, and that type of thing. And and you know, I certainly don't wish that on anyone. But this is, this could apply to the NFL as well as as to the AFL. Is adding an additional game in the best interest of the athletes from a health standpoint? And, and I don't know the answer to that. I mean, I don't think it necessarily is, but from a monetary standpoint, I think it's certainly going to bring in a significant amount of money for the uh, the league uh, if they go and play an extra, you know, nine games in other parts of the country. Of course, then what do you do with the Magic Round, you know, when you, and I'm going to be optimistic here, when you bring that 19th license in with Tasmania. I'm going to be, like I said, I'm going to be optimistic here. So what happens then? Do they have to bring in a 20th uh, right away as well? I don't think that's going to happen. But uh, And again, I'm not trying to stir the pot on that at all. So the Magic Round sounds like it might be a strong possibility. Now, the other thing that I, I saw, and again, I, I linked to this from Zero Hanger as well, is that the league is contemplating adding a fourth field umpire 
starting in 2023. And I know those of you who are at the games, uh, I, I hear the cheering, I hear the booing, I hear some of the other things in case the, the localized microphone in the stands might pick up. I haven't heard you in particular, but you know, you, you hear, you hear things from the crowd and that sort of thing, um, for, about, you know, the displeasure in terms of the, the calls that are made on the, on the, the, the grounds or are not made. So this is to me a, a bit of a, uh, a double-edged sword here, this situation here. You know, I, I get the idea of wanting to adjudicate the game more effectively and making sure they're getting the calls right. Now, the other idea is to try to, as the article mentioned, to lessen the uh, the running load on the umpires because I think we can safely say that the AFL and probably the Waffle, the Sandful, uh, you know, the, the VFL have... I would say they have the fittest officials or umpires of any game on the planet with the amount of running that they have to do. Okay, you know, Major League Baseball umpires, you know, here are sometimes sometimes they're a little bit shaped like the ball. I remember back in the 1980s, there was a uh, an umpire by the name of Eric Gregg, and you can probably find this on YouTube. Um, he was a rather big guy. He was pro- he probably weighed more than I did. Um, in August of last year. And again, I'm down, I'm down about 51, 52 kilos since August of last year. So I'm, I still have a long way to go. I'd like to lose another, uh, 50 kilos if I can, which would make me very, I think very skinny. Uh, that's probably not attainable, but you never know. I'm working at it though. But he was a big guy and, and people used to joke about that. And one day between innings, somebody had snuck out there when he was distracted and he was he was umpiring down by third base, and somebody had left a cheeseburger on third base for him. They they put a cheeseburger. It'd be, it'd be like going and putting a meat pie, in the you know in the center square you know before a bounce you know for a for a, a, a portly, footy umpire which don't exist because with the amount of running they do, they can't be that way. They can't be that way. So you know I I like the idea of making sure that the game is adjudic- adjudicated properly. But does it? You know, if there are more calls, if there are more free kicks, if there are more things like that happening, is that going to impact scoring? Is that going to slow down the game? Is that something that we want? Or do we want to take the good with the bad and have the occasional, oh, what the hell kind of call was that? That was that was a held ball. That should have been a free kick. Whatever, whatever the call happens to be. Is that something that we want to replace? Is that something, you know, do we want to have a, a slower paced game because more whistles are taking place, more stoppages of play are happening. I don't know that, I guess that's something that we're going to have to, to stop and think about. So I just, I really wonder whether or not this is a great idea or not. I, I, I don't know. I, I think, I, I guess I, I think that, you know, getting the calls correct in a game, I think is ultimately what we want. But if it's at the expense of, of slowing the game down or taking, you know, scoring off the, off the scoreboard, I don't know if you really want that or not. I don't know. But the the one thing, the main thing I wanted to get into today, I want to spend a couple minutes on this before I wrap up. And like I said, this is going to be a shorter episode than normal. Uh, is that I'm I'm trying to set up a uh, a series of shorter interviews, 15, 20 minutes or so, uh, talking with people about 
their most memorable game. The game that, that, that is etched in their mind. And it could be, you know, it could be a grand final game. It could be a round four game from 1992. I've had, I've had several people in uh, different uh, message or different uh, groups on Facebook reach out to me because I shared this thought uh, with this recent blog post. It's over on my website, yankonthefooty.com. Because again, this is something that's going to help me to learn a little bit about the history of the game. Um, and it might then also help to jog memories of people who are listening to the podcast who will also say, oh, I remember that game. And that might trigger another memory about another contest that they had. And it just it just gets you thinking about footy, gets you excited about footy going, you know, coming up here in just a couple of months. I just thought this was a neat way to go about doing that. And it helps me to learn a little bit about the history as well. And again, maybe it's a game that you played when you were younger. Maybe you were 12, 13 years old and you were in your formative years and you had a you had a great event that took place. I had uh, I had somebody uh, in one of the Richmond discussion groups who shared with me uh, their story. And I'm going to try to set up a time. And, and, and what they told me initially about this is like, okay, I really want to know how this story turns out here because something pretty traumatic happened to them. And I guess it turned out okay because they're telling me about it, but something traumatic happened to them which led to them going to this game or, or remembering this game in particular. So I'm really excited about that. So if, if you have a game, if you have a game and maybe it's, you know, your favorite player, you know, kicked a bag of goals. Maybe it was, you know, and I've had several people mention the 1989 grand final. And I, I certainly get that. But, but but a lot of us know about the 1989 grand final. Uh, but there were just so many different ones that were that were brought up that, and again, it'll give me an opportunity to go in and dig, especially if they're ones that I can find the statistics for. But if it's, you know, if it's, it's a local footy club, I'm not necessarily going to know about it. Of course I'm not, but it's going to give you a chance to kind of share your story with other people, which is one of the reasons why I do this podcast, want to help me learn about the game, but then also to share this game with other people, whether they're in Australia or whether they're here in the United States or throughout Europe or Asia or wherever people happen to be listening. So I just, I thought this was kind of a, a, a really neat way to, to dig into uh, some different games. Like I said, so if you have a memorable game, if you have one that you just go, this was it for me. This was the one that, you know, my favorite player did this or my club did this and, and they got their revenge or they, they, they won, you know, they overcame this huge deficit or, or whatever it may be, you know, drop over to my website, ayankonthefooty.com and drop me a message there. And uh, sign up on the register as a guest form over there. And I'd love to set something up with you. Uh, we're having uh, our clocks being set back one hour here in uh, the East Coast of the United States uh, this weekend. So I get an extra hour of sleep this weekend. I'm very excited about that. You know, we are at a point right now. We are at the point where uh, we are 15 hours behind Melbourne right now. So I, you know, we'll turn ours back here uh, one hour. So we're going to go to 16 hours behind very soon. So this will be, you know, you know, an inter this will be an interesting time here for me. Uh, you know, so what works out great for me is being able to sit down, say, on uh, a Saturday evening or a Friday evening or even a uh, um, early on a weekend morning, even like early on a Saturday or Sunday morning, uh, would work out wonderfully well for me, which would then maybe lead to, uh, you know, a, uh, 
a Saturday night or a Sunday evening yeah, for those of you who are in Melbourne or even a little bit earlier if you're in Perth or that sort of thing. So if you if you have a great story um, about a game, that one that you just cannot forget, it happened 47 years ago and it's, it's, it's fresh in your mind as, uh, as anything. I mean, I can tell you that about mine. I mean, I've been to dozens of NFL games in my lifetime. I've been to many baseball games, you know, dozens and dozens of baseball games in my lifetime as well. Now, my father was never somebody who wanted to stay till the end of the game. He always wanted to leave early. So when I got the opportunity to take him to a game once, we got we had to sit in traffic at the around the stadium because you know I lived an hour away from the stadium, and he was grumbling and such about having to wait in traffic. And I told him, I said, you know, when I was a kid, I never saw the end of the game with you, so just sit back and shut up and 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 uh, just wait in the car with me here. So, and he had had a couple of beers and such. So he was, he, he dozed off the rest of the way home. So I like watching the whole game. I don't like leaving early, but I can tell you about my favorite and my most memorable NFL game right now. That was 1970. I saw my first game. It was the Christmas, uh, air, Christmas, uh, time in 1970. My grandparents used to spend the winters out in San Diego, California. We went out there for Christmas. I saw the San Diego Chargers beat the Kansas City Chiefs. 37 to 13. John Hadle, who wore number 21, my favorite player of all time, threw four touchdown passes in that game. Len Dawson, the Hall of Fame quarterback for the Chiefs, who passed away just recently, had a little bit of a down game, but uh, remember it like it was yesterday. In fact, I have a uh, an autographed poster of the entire Chargers team from 1970 that my uncle got for me because he had a friend who owned a bar in San Diego that the team hung out in. So I've got I've got a about a uh, three quarters of a meter by one meter poster that's autographed by the entire San Diego Chargers team from 1970. Of course, the Chargers are now in uh, Los Angeles. So there's my story. And again, I, you know, I got to go there with my grandfather. Um, my dad went, and of course he was wanting to leave early as well. And my grandfather said, no, we're staying watching the game. And I've actually seen footage on YouTube of the game. And I've tried, I'm, I was seven at the time. I'm not going to be finding myself in the crowd, but it doesn't mean I didn't look. I don't remember where I sat, but uh, I did look for myself. So, folks, I hope you'll have a great story to tell. I hope you have a, that one game or maybe two games that just stand out to you. I did this sort of thing last, uh, I think it was last year, 2021. It might have been 2020 when I talked to Damian Buttigieg, you know, who told the story about uh, the gentleman who lived in a rental property on their at their home who would take he and his brother to the games because his father was too busy to do so. And then they were able to turn around and take him to games as they got older. Um, well, actually COVID occurred and they actually found him and were able to take him to the, uh, they were D supporters and were able to take him to the, uh, the celebration for the D's when they uh, brought the cup home after having won the premiership. So they got to return the favor to this gentleman that, uh, that used to take them to the game. So, I mean, that's something that he's never going to forget. It's never going to forget. And I was so thrilled to have been able to tell that story and share that or to share that story with you. So if you've got a story, please you know, head over to my website, yankonthefooty.com. You can get on the mailing list there as well. Uh, you can leave a review for the podcast. If you enjoy the show, you know, I, I do hope you'll consider um, leaving a review because it's a uh, it's a great way to help to grow the uh, the podcast. And if, and if again, if you haven't, you know, checked out the, the reviews at all on there. I mean, I, I have had some that I'm, I'm, I gotta be honest with you. I'm pretty damn proud of them. And I, I, 
I had uh, I had one that um, that was shared with me back in September, so last month, and I was and I've had a couple of really good ones, uh, and I, I I don't I don't want to toot my horn necessarily, but I, I think this is I I shared a link to it on on social media, but uh, you know I had. Uh, you know, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it, you know, it starts out, if you give the pod, this podcast a chance, you won't regret it looking for something different in, in AFL-related podcasts, not not the same old stuff that gets churned out by ex-players, comedians, commentators, and so-called pundits. Now, I have, to, yeah, I have to pause there. I listen to those people because they help me learn about the game. So uh, it says, and this is the pod, AFL podcast for you, an AFL podcast made by a super fan uh, in order to share with other fans. Uh, weekly analysis and preview round previews of each round, uh, and the biggest highlight for me were the regular interview episodes all year round with fellow fans and all sorts of people that have a connection to the game. And it talks about, you know, me being an independent podcaster compelled to create and maintain this podcast as a labor of love. And it shows, uh, the passion, appreciation, respect for the game and all those involved in a genuine, that it's genuine and in no way a gimmick. Um, and this person recommends, you know, going back and listening to, older episodes, you know, and I talk about how I fell in love with the game and some of my earlier interviews and that type of thing. And, uh, and, and I can't say I disagree with, uh, the last, uh, line on here. It says, you know, this podcast is highly recommended and, and really deserves a bigger audience, a little known gem loved by every listener lucky enough to discover it. Do yourself a favor and give it a try. I, I can't thank them enough for that. I mean, and I've had, a, I've had quite a few like, yeah, not, I, should, okay, I shouldn't say quite a few. I've had a few like that. I mean, I haven't had any real negative, I haven't had any negative reviews at all. And maybe those folks have just not filled them out yet. I mean, hopefully I've in, and if, if there's something I could do better, please let me know. But yeah, you know, I was listening to another, a political podcast that, uh, they were sharing, uh, one of their five-star reviews on, uh, during their episode, uh, that I listened to this morning. And I thought, you know, maybe I should go ahead and just share that. So I, you know, I appreciate the fact that this person took the time to, to craft this, you know, several paragraph, uh, review and I, and I can't thank them enough. So if you enjoy the show, if you want to write a review, that's fantastic. But if you just want to tell a friend, that would be a huge help as well. And again, like I said, you can head over to the, uh, the website and you can get on the mailing list so that when a new episode comes out, it ends up in your inbox as, uh, as soon as it becomes available. Now I'm, I'm closing in on a hundred uh, subscribers on the mailing list. So I'm going to have to figure out a new way to, uh, you know, once I get past a hundred, I think I can only send out a hundred emails at one time, uh, through my free, uh, Gmail account. So I may have to explore, uh, using MailChimp or something of that nature, which I have to find out how much that costs in order to do that. But again, if you head over to my website, yankonthefooty.com, you're going to find everything about the podcast. My store page is there. You know, if you want to, uh, you know, buy a sticker for the show or you, you need a, a pair of a yank on the footy socks, which I'm going to order for myself because I, I really want to get a pair of those. I just think they're kind of cool looking. I like crazy socks. I had uh, Michael Gallus, which, and by the way, I want to take just a moment here and I will mention this a little bit more fully, but Michael Gallus, who I've had on the podcast a couple of times, just got back home to Victoria a couple of days ago. Uh, you may remember I had him uh, on where he was at the uh, Nookaburra uh, cattle station working as a principal at the school there for several months. After he left there, he headed home for a few days and then was back out to Pakistan to help uh, coach and select the uh, women's national team for Pakistan uh, for AFL. And he also coached the 
men's team this past week in the uh, the Asian Championships, and the Pakistani team won the Premiership. So, Michael, good on you, sir. So darn glad that you are home and safe. Relax. Please ask your wife to hide your suitcase. Stay home for a little while, okay? <laughs> I appreciate it. But, yeah, Michael sent me a uh, pair of kangaroo socks a while back, and I've got something I need to drop into the post for him that uh, that I found that my son had picked up that I know he would not mind me sharing. Uh, it's something I know I know Michael would appreciate, so I've got to get that out in the post to him as well. So, again, ladies and gentlemen, look out for each other. Let your friends know you love them. Check up on them. Make sure they're okay. Um, I appreciate the support. I appreciate the kind words. And as always, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you later. This has been episode 211 of Yank on the Footy. Again, don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on on Twitter, yankonthefooty gmail.com. You can find a Yank on the Footy podcast on Facebook. You can find me, Craig Wessels, on Facebook if you want to link up there as well. I am on Instagram as well. Um, I appreciate you listening. I truly do. And until next time, ladies and gentlemen, I do hope you'll share the podcast. And as always, goodbye. And I will talk to you very, very soon.